This is the culture. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Cinema Wave podcast. Just another quick reminder to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you like our content. Also, be sure to smash that like button and comment all your thoughts on the movie that we're about to talk about in this episode. We're also now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so be sure to give us a follow on those platforms as well. If you like this conversation and you want to see more from our brand, be sure to follow at Cinema Wave Media on Instagram and TikTok, as well as at underscore Culture Wave Media on Instagram. I am your host for today's episode, and my name is Darian Scalamoni. And I am joined by the biggest Spider-Man fan in the multiverse for his on-screen debut here at Culture Wave, Michael Peniston. Michael, how are you doing? I am doing good. I am ready to talk about this movie, that's for sure. Definitely, bro. I want to I want to start by just letting everybody know, if you haven't seen this movie yet, we're going to have a very in-depth, spoiler-heavy conversation. So again, if you haven't seen Across the Spider-Verse yet, click out of this video, add it to your watch later, go to the theater, see this movie. Come back, watch our discussion, listen to our discussion. Um, you have been warned, spoilers ahead. So, let's dive in. This movie, five years in the making, right? Yes. The yes. first movie that came out, Spider-Man Into the um, Spider-Verse, uh, produced by Phil Lord Chris Miller. If you guys don't know, they did the Lego movie, uh, the Jump Street movies. They're executive producers on the Apple TV Plus show, The After Party. Heavily involved in a lot of things. Spider-Verse was their biggest project. Um, we, this movie came out a little, uh, less than a week ago, a little over a week ago, yeah, maybe little, at this point. Yeah, at this point yeah. Um, and at the time of recording now, uh, the movie has made 385 million. Uh, so that's just box office, but let's just dive into the movie as a whole, right? In terms of the time frame in between, right? Five years, a lot of people, a lot of studios would probably be nervous about that. What was your thought process in terms of their decision to take their time on this? And do you think it was worth it? So in terms of taking their time on it, I think that it was definitely necessary. And I think that they realized that um, after seeing the outcome of this film, I think that it was important to allow that. But I think that they went about it smart. I think that they definitely had strategy with this. It wasn't in that five years, they Sony had a lot of projects and things, you know, Miles related, Spider-Man related that in some way or another, I feel like kept us you know, the anticipation ready for this film, um, you know, with the video game that the Miles video game mm -hmm. um, that kind of introduced us a little bit more to Miles's character outside of the film. So I feel like, yes, it was a while, but I feel like they they, they there was strategy in that that long term uh, wait. And I feel like the film itself was was it exceeded all expectations. It was amazing, honestly. Well, I was going to say not only that, but we had a lot of Spider-Man content even outside of Miles in that time frame, too. Right. Like we had we had. We, two MCU Sony uh, adjacent Spider-Man projects in between that, right? Mm -hmm. We had uh, No Way Home and Far From Home. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. So um, one of the things I had thought about really heavily, even about maybe a little bit even before halfway through the movie, <clears throat> is I was so impressed with, as much as I love Into the Spider-Verse, how much better Across the Spider-Verse was. And the thought that kept running through my head was, I wish that other studios would do this approach where they – kind of let things breathe a little bit and they took their time on a project to make it as pristine as they possibly could. Um, I didn't feel like I was missing out on the character, but I was very like, it built my anticipation with the time in between. Mm -hmm. And I was excited to see the next mile story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel that same exact way. Honestly. Um, in terms of talking about the first film in comparison to this one, what were some like general improvements that you noticed in terms of, going from Into the Spider-Verse to Across the Spider-Verse. So, I mean, Into the Spider-Verse is also a fantastic film. You know, you, you can't get me wrong with that. Um, I feel like going into this film, um, it could be that they had that, found that foundation already kind of laid down. Um, but I feel like the storytelling in this, in this film um, was a little bit more, a little bit, they, they honed into the story a little bit more. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know if that was because there were a lot of things in the story that tied from the first that made it kind of important. But I, I feel like the story was one of the things for sure that they got right with this and um, the build up. It, it's 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 unmatched from, compared to the first one, honestly. And then even just the animation style like it this they I always thought that the first one was revolutionary in terms of animation. 
um and i i argue that to this day um but somehow the sequel it it they they revolutionized animation all over again and it's it's i think i it's it's opened the door i think for for what could be a lot of possibility in animation so definitely animation as well yeah i was gonna say let's take let's dive a little deeper on that so in terms of the animation style or i really should say styles because there's so many different articulate and purposeful different animation styles throughout this film right mm -hmm. every single universe that miles and company visits it's reminiscent of the comic book art of each character that's introduced mm -hmm. right so in um Though Miles is the main character in Into the Spider-Verse, with this film, uh, he is still the main character, but there's a very enhanced role for Gwen Stacy, right? Yes, very and uh, she opens the film, and it's a little bit of her origin story told in a similar way to how Miles' story was told in the first film. But there's a very distinct visual style that pops, right? It's very colorful. Mm -hmm. It's very kind of um, like watercolors, like paint. And that is very reminiscent of the Spider Gwen comics. Now I'm I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm an avid comic reader. I do my research before and after seeing the movies, but um, you can see that throughout, right? Yeah. Another character, Spider Man India. Uh, it's it's a very specific style that comes across with him, Spider Punk. So I thought the animation definitely broke barriers. And I think I saw something online that there were like 35 different animation styles throughout the film. 35. Yeah. Wow. It's like remarkable how they were able to do all that work. And again, they had their time. They, they were able to take that time. But yeah, if you wanted to jump in. Yeah. Um, but it, it also goes back to that time frame, have allowing that time to for things to, to happen and to kind of like soak in everything. Um, the Lego, the Lego scene when you saw Lego oh, yeah. Spider-Man. Great and like scene. That whole world. And I don't know if you knew, I saw online that there was a 14-year-old that they saw that originally animated the trailer. For yeah. This, and then they brought him in for that. And like the like, I feel like allowing that time five years, like for something like that to be even be able to go in, like I feel like, I feel like that's that just makes it all even more more just important, you know? Like for they sure. were able to find those elements and bring it in, and so that's why this film is so so much bigger than it than it really is, is because like I don't know, I feel like they tied so many elements animation wise bringing you know all of these you know the, the the actors and the the crew and everything and everyone that played a part in this film i just feel like all of these elements honestly came together to make a masterpiece yeah, yeah. the the so the other thing with that is like the effectiveness of um being able to like kind of shepherd this young filmmaker who decides to do something because he's a fan of legos and he loves spider-man mm -hmm. and then take the time where when he's not doing his classwork he's working on a hollywood project is so cool and awesome by lord and miller but the other thing um with that is it's an effective part of the movie no matter how small it is because at least in terms of my viewing experience we didn't see the movie together but that's why i can't wait to talk about this with you in a larger context but mm -hmm that was like one of the biggest reactions in the theater for me. Like people love that scene and people were laughing so much for that scene in particular. So um, just the love that Lord and Miller have for this character too, and the understanding. And again, so just want to highlight really quick, they Lord and Miller, they didn't direct this film. They're co-writers. Um, they came up with the idea for the first film, but uh, Kemp powers, Joaquin Dos Santos and Justin K Thompson do a masterful job directing this. But there's something that's very particular in terms of like Lord and Miller and how they're able to weave um, something that's very uh, evident in all their films, right? Like a lot of it is uh, – I was reading online the other day. We're talking about how they've managed to make their daddy issues a big part of every single movie they've ever made, right? <laughs> and uh, you see that in this film uh, to a deeper extent with Miles and his father. So I want to talk to you about that too. Father's Day is coming up. But like <laughs> in terms of that dynamic in particular – uh especially in the first scene where he's chasing the spot right and he's having those interactions with his dad how did how did that play for you in terms of uh the overall story with miles and his father i feel like honestly i feel like this this go around seeing the relationship between miles and his father i i especially after i actually got to go back and rewatch the first film um and you can see there is definitely a disconnect for sure in both films, um, a lot more this film, everything considered with, you know, the the, the state that Miles is now currently in. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I feel like, I, I feel like it's definitely not only prevalent in this film that 
that daddy issue, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I just just the theme of of that not even just parents uh parent uh child relationship sort of thing um because it wasn't just his dad you know you kind of saw that a lot with his mom as well in this film you know like that whole sort of balcony scene mm -hmm. um where he had that moment um his dad was very much also involved in that um but you can see how how they could pour a lot of, of those problems and issues into it um i know the first film uh that was, you know, Miles' dad was a, a major part of the, the, the plot. And you can see moving forward that, you know, um, it's going to be a major part of the plot uh, for the Beyond the Spider-Verse. Mm. So I definitely can see how that is a, a key theme in these films for sure. Yeah, and I think also just the effectiveness of every sort of uh, Spider-Man or Spider-Woman always has this deep theme with family, right? And it could be anybody. It could be uncles, it could be aunts, it could be grandparents, it could be dads, it could be mothers, it could be whatever. And um, going back to the scene you were just talking about, which was probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite scene in the whole movie, the scene on the rooftop mm -hmm. uh, between Miles and, and his mother, Rhea, where it's like a very, it's a very human connection that they have. And it's a very uh, authentic conversation about, you know, Miles, like, we don't see you anymore and it's because you're growing up and we're understanding that you have this, this person that you're pursuing in terms of Gwen, but it's a real conversation about the humanity behind who his character is and why his version of Spider-Man and all the different versions of Spider-Man and women are always trying to do it all. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you see it very prevalently in the scene, uh, when they go to, um, the multiverse with Spider-Man, India, Pavater, uh, Prabhakar, where he, uh, again, references, he breaks a canon event, which kind of sets this huge, like, driving force behind the movie, where um, because he's able to save um, Pavatar's uh, girlfriend's father, everything gets screwed up in the multiverse. And there's this inherentness that belongs to Miles, where he doesn't understand why bad things happen. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really interesting dynamic with his character, and uh, it's reflected even with Gwen's experience, right, with her father, mm -hmm. where uh, she's trying to do the right thing. And she, again, like takes off her mask at one point. And she's like, Dad, it's me. And he still wants to arrest her. So in terms of that, too, like I was really impressed with the way that they were able to juggle the emotionality of these characters, especially in the animation medium, because unfortunately there's a lot that comes with that, right? Like some people believe that animation is a, is a childish medium. I personally believe that this movie in particular, not that there aren't other films and TV projects that have done the same, but across the Spider-Verse in particular should completely smash that mentality that people might have that animation is just for children. I agree. I agree. I believe the first one should have done that, but this one, yeah. if that one didn't, then this one should 100% have. What was something um, in terms of, again, talking about the second film to the first one, was there something that stood out to you that kind of sh completely shifted your mentality? Well, let's start with this. Do you believe that Across the Spider-Verse is a better film than Into the Spider-Verse? I strongly do believe that Across the Spider-Verse is a better film than Into the Spider-Verse. I do. Um, I believe that because, again, that story writing. Um, the, the, again, it's the story writing and animation um, elements for me that really do that. Um, but I can kind of hone into that storytelling just because um, those specific there's specific elements in the story I feel like that make this film a better film than mm -hmm. uh, than the first one. Um, Spot as a villain character alone. Uh, um, to be honest, I have never really seen anything like Spot before, like in terms of just a character. Like I've seen that villainous sort of like just crazy want to seek revenge and everything mm -hmm. but to see in a matter of one film a villain go from so corny yeah <laughs> and and so and it's very much a comedy relief sort of character in the first 20 minutes of the film to one of the scariest things i have seen in animation mm -hmm. to this day by the end of the film like that and simply just even by animation effects like they were able to take away that that distinct body shape of him and just have like it be like a sketch and that was like terrifying yeah like elements like that that you could see are just so small that i feel like really made this film just like really like stand out a lot more and also 
there were so many details little easter eggs i'd say in this film that you could tell so small of details that like you could tell they had to have like like been like working on these little details for so long themselves yeah that i feel like make this film a spider-man film for all fans basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) all spider-man fans and that's what adds a level of it being a little bit better than the first one to me yeah i think i think going back to what you were just talking about with the spot which all great points i think the one thing that makes it so eerie is in particular like going back to what you were talking about how they're able to manipulate just like a circle and make it like a terrifying image right yeah the contrast between the visual like the magnificent visuals that are in every single universe right and then you have these black and white it's off like there's something that's a little bit off and then it becomes a lot off and you start to notice right Mm -hmm. so i think that plays a lot into it in terms of how they decided to use the animation style in particular with the spot as a character Mm -hmm. but jason schwartzman's excuse me jason schwartzman's performance too like again he's the perfect person to voice this character i feel like because again he's so many times in wes anderson's films and other movies too he's always playing like this puny little weakling and in the beginning again he's like this humorous villain and miles is laughing at him like and in terms of like you're you don't you don't stand any chance against me right like i've been doing this for a while now like you're a newbie like it's all good i've I've fought a lot of people that are like you no worries Mm -hmm. to when he goes into that void and he starts to understand like what he's created and uh he manipulates time and space in such a way that (coughs) excuse me he's jumping from universe to universe and wreaking havoc within like not a lot of time within the movie right so we're uh, again that opening sequence one of the opening sequences with miles where he's going against the spot we're about like 20 25 minutes after that where this person is a major major issue that multiple spider-men can take him down so i think that that is that's a great point i think that miguel in particular too and i'm a huge oscar isaac fan Mm -hmm. but miguel o'hara's character too has this He's such a like a hard ass, but there's a human element to him when you see the flashback of why he ruined a canon event and why he now runs the Spider Society that makes it like he's terrifying. Like everything about the animation, the jagged, like the big body that's just so different than any of the other Spider-Men that we see throughout the film. Even just like his little like like the um score that would come in like mm. whenever he would pop up on screen it was so like striking and <laughs> it was like oh okay he's definitely standoutish for sure yeah it would yeah. blare in at these points right and yeah. and uh i think in the comic they talk about uh spider-man 2099 his character it's meant to be this something is always supposed to be off with him because of this element of it's the future but it's not the future that everyone always anticipated mm-hmm. which again that's what you see it's very reminiscent of his character right mm-hmm. so um in terms of his character and his relationship to Miles, what did you think about that scene in terms of them breaking down where we get a lot of these Easter eggs that we talked a little bit about, where we see Andrew Garfield with Captain Stacy and we see uh, the animated Ultimate Spider-Man and, and all these different characters that we see throughout uh, these canon events that have to happen in order for these Spider-Men and women to continue their journeys. What did you think about that? So the the little details that i saw in those things the uh the the small cameos you know that that have to go with the the canon events i feel like it definitely added again a layer to it again that that being a spider-man fan and seeing that and i feel like even before this film canon the the term canon was always kind of used in like the fandom you know it's like oh like this is canon to this now this is canon to this now that's a fun nod to the fans too i feel like being able to utilize that vocabulary and use that word right yeah yeah. Uh because i remember when like when um why am i drawing a blank when i think of the film it it made sense while i'm drawing the blank to the film um uh morbius (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh, like i I haven't seen morbius so okay that's fine (laughs) 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 um yeah no i remember specifically that film everyone's trying to think how morbius was canon to Mm spider-man things like that and again, that that is also there's also a conversation in that the, you know going back to this question first, um, I feel like these details were important in the sense of that canon explaining the canon and showing how important that is to to this life this I guess you could say this Spider Verse or however you want to put that. Um, I I will say um, in terms of Miguel, um, 
again, and I love this film. I love this film masterpiece in my eyes mm -hmm. completely. But I don't fully know how I feel about Miguel's character. I 50-50 only because I love the bad story, exactly how you put it. I love that we got to see that because that was very important, not only to his character, but the story um, in terms of knowing why it's so jeopardizing to him, like to that the multiverse is, you know, being tampered with and everything. And I felt like for his character, it definitely showed a lot more of just like the humane Spider-Miss, Spy Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. Miguel, I guess you could mm -hmm. say. Um, in this In that. Um, but at the same time, he was just like dogging my man miles <laughs> so much for no reason like i guess i get it like with again the story like and everything like getting to the end of the film and figuring out exactly why he's doing the things he's doing to mm -hmm. begin with but i just feel like like I, I don't know i feel like he just jumped right into aggressiveness and with miles i think he did for sure with miles yeah, yeah with miles yeah he just jumped right into it and again i get it i get it his bad story i get his the he's the future like he is not he's in the future that nobody anticipated but i mean like miles is a 15 year old kid in this film yeah <laughs> like he's just like going at it so i don't know I, like that part of me was like oh, okay um I like that, but I also am like, eh, like, dang, do I kind of not like? That? I think you're, so. I think you're a little biased because you love Miles. I love Miles. I know you do, and I love Miles too. The reason, the reason I like his character so much in this film, I feel like, is because, and we're gonna dive into the MCU connection a little bit too. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's this thing that happens in comic book films and the MCU recently in particular. Where they have like these generic gatekeeper characters that like they don't there's no like a perfect example to me is like as much as I love Agatha Harkness in WandaVision, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's not a real reason why she's doing what she's doing. Like yeah. she wants the dark hold, but that's really it. And there's no real reason why she wants it. But in terms of Miguel's character, like he has a reason to he lost everything because he messed up mm -hmm. and it messed with his whole entire life. And now he feels this mission is to protect everybody and be this gatekeeper of canon, right? Of the multiverse. Um, and I thought that there was a good enough reason and motivation for him to do that, where I feel like a lot of times with these characters, that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if that scene would have happened without the first scene too, with Gwen, right? When she's taken out, which is another super underrated part of the film, like the, uh, I think it's Vulture, right? From that uh, Renaissance. Uh, oh, yeah, like the wooden Vulture. So awesome. Yeah, it's like paper animation. Incredible. Yeah, so, so like, again, that's one of the 35 animation styles <laughs> that we see throughout this film, which, mm -hmm. again, only serves the purpose of one scene in particular, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of being able to understand his character and see. Like, again, you see how jaded he is in the beginning where Jessica Drew is the one that is able to convince him to bring on Gwen because he doesn't want to take on more people right like he in the beginning and again i i don't think you have a real reference point on how many months have passed since then versus when uh when she goes to see miles we don't get a time code on that right like a timeline i, I do i feel like that is a year okay i don't remember months. but I, I i can't wait to see the movie have you seen you've only seen it once right I've only, yeah, okay I've yeah seen, me too i i, I, I want to see it again soon i want to see an imax um but in terms of that character too like there's just something and I'm excited because I think there's going to be more with him in beyond the Spider-Verse, obviously with the way that this film ends. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we're going to see a different element of him in the next one. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a really good introduction to his character, but I get it. I mean, miles is miles is one of the most likable characters. I feel like that's been on screen in a very long time. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, Cause he's, he's very innocent. He's hilarious. He's cultured. I mean, this is the culture. If you guys didn't already know that, but, um, <laughs> but basically again, like there's, there's this element to him, that uh you're always rooting for miles right so when there's when there's this antagonist and i'm i'm happy that they created this character though because it's not a direct antagonist like the spot right this is this character where he's like an anti-hero mm -hmm. even though he's a spider-man character so um he was one of the ones that stood out to me uh what do you think of spider-punk i love spider-punk i absolutely loved him i loved how at first you were kind of put off by him just simply because of the how gwen was explaining him and like miles was so intimidated and everything but the i thought it was hilarious it was so it was so great <laughs> the reveal was awesome <laughs> yeah but like the fact that he was so true to that punk character 
to the point that he was willing to go against Miguel and he was the only one, which kind of blows my mind. Like they have all those Spider-Man and like he's the only like one of the only ones that's he's really an anarchist, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought a couple of them would have been on Miles' side. But like Spider-Punk, I feel like I feel like he was, again, important to the story um, and for a lot of reasons. Culturally, I feel like he was. Um, I feel like he was um, in the sense of the character. Um, and, I, and I just loved him. He was a real one, to be honest. He was a real one to Miles. <laughs> and um, Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya. I think I said his last name. Kaluuya. Yeah, Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's just, he's amazing. Um, yeah, he's I, awesome. He's so good. Um, and so I, I really liked him. And I just loved that. Honestly, it was the punkness that, like, to me, how he was so... Like, like even like, like going, not even being called spider punk. Like I think he said himself, he's against labels and everything. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And so you, yeah, yeah. I think you have brought that up that it's like, he only goes by Hobie. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. And so I don't know. I really like this character a lot. Yeah. I would agree too. I think that, I think the cool thing too, with these films that every character is so distinct Yeah. and every character is so themselves. And a lot of times, like, I don't know if anim like this, if animation has to do with, making this easier or not. Mm -hmm. But when you have like ensemble films uh, and it doesn't seem like every single character fits, it's very jarring, right? Like if you have an ensemble, one guy looks like, or they seem like they're in a completely different movie mm -hmm. than everybody else. That's like, it's, it's, you're like, they don't belong here. Like this is, this is weird, but with spider verse, it fits. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because of the multiverse angle. I don't know if it's because of the animation, maybe it's both, mm -hmm. but I think it's so cool how, uh, Again, introducing some of these newer characters like Miguel, like like Hobie, like Jessica Drew, Spider-Man India, all that stuff. And then um, still being able to go back to these other characters that we saw from Into the Spider-Verse, like Gwen and Miles and Peter B. Parker. In terms of the older characters that we had seen previously, what did you think uh, – who did you think had, like, the most character development throughout? I We see a lot from all of them, I feel like, yeah. but – I I strongly believe the most character development I've, I saw was probably Gwen, to be honest. In this, I film. would I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I um, and I was honestly kind of um surprised that they they chose the direction that they did as far as starting the film off with Gwen's story. Mm -hmm. But once again, super important. Like I I I love that whole that whole intro scene. Um, where he kind of just set everything up, you know, because I mean, like there was a time gap in between, obviously not just for us, but in the film. And so that kind of explains very quickly what had happened. Um, and in that story was quick, but like you got to see a lot of what made Gwen Gwen. And, you know, like we didn't get a lot of that in the first one. You kind of just saw that. Um, and then, granted, a lot of that hadn't a lot of like that true father, you know, story arc hadn't really happened, I don't think time-wise mm -hmm. I, I think it happened after the first film but i feel like to see by the end of the film how the idea of okay like yeah like being a spider-man like there are canon events but we do have the ability to change it and like how she, like, she was able to work things out with her dad in the end mm -hmm. like that alone like was huge character development i feel like and um even from the sense of like her not want like the whole friend thing like her not wanting to accept friendship or anything like that and I, I again i watched the first one and she says that like a couple of times in that film as well and so i i feel like by the end of this film that she's willing to put herself out there as far as to film build a team and just to go out and save miles like that's huge development yeah the production team uh positioning her as a second lead mm -hmm. in this uh i thought was great because again like I have to, I wish I did rewatch into the Spider Verse before I see this because I now I'm excited to go back and watch it and pick apart and see the little details that kind of carry over from film to film. Mm -hmm. But maybe th there's no filler in this film, which I really respect. Mm -hmm. Right, like every single minute of this movie is earned. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, even in like some of my favorite MCU movies, like that happens right like there there are some filler moments and there are things where you're like yeah you probably could have cut that out you probably didn't need that i mean i know we both love guardians of the galaxy volume three but there are elements at least in my opinion there are elements of that movie that i can go back and i can be like yeah i could do without this i don't need this yeah for sure across the spider-verse every single minute of that film is earned yeah. and in terms of the character development i would agree with you i'd probably say gwen but talking about miles and seeing how he develops too from last film to this film 
and trying to reckon with the balance of being a hero, doing what he believes is right, and trying to maintain a real relationship with his family because he's making an effort more so in this, even though he's distant, mm -hmm. to be around his family, right? Yeah. Um, he wants to do the right thing. He he's still like as he's battling the spot, he's still texting his father, mm -hmm. right? So he's like he's making it a very apparent point. Um, so I think in terms of the character development with him, I think it's really interesting to see the way that he shifted and he has matured from film to film, yeah. uh, because, uh, and how he, is he 14 in the first film? So he's only, yeah. So it, we're only one year of, of story built in, but he's matured so much in terms of that. And that's why I'm really excited to see where he goes from, from this film to beyond the spider verse, because he's already matured and developed so much over time in that one year. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens with him. And I want to see more, uh, in terms of the way he deals with, and again, this is like a reveal for the end of the movie, but now dealing against a version of himself, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and having to go against his uncle, uh, who is such a like obvious big figure in his life. There, there were a lot of things online about uh, some people were able to tell that the twist was happening and. I think one of the things was that Rhea's eye color was different and something else was they kept asking him about his hair being off and his hair actually kind of was a little off. Mm -hmm. uh, something about like a purple tint to the world to kind of reveal that Miles was a prowler in this universe. Did you pick up on any of those cues or was it a genuine twist for you? It was a, it was a genuine twist. It was, you know, when his uncle appeared, I was still honestly, I didn't even put two and two together. Like, like I was still just like, kind of like, oh no, like what, like what is going on? And then I realized, oh snap, he's dead. Like what is going on? And so, like, it definitely was not at all, I feel like, for me at least, in that experience. Like, I was genuinely caught off guard when yeah. the reveal came. Yeah, I think I was, I was, one, um, Uncle, is it Aaron? Uncle okay. Aaron, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When Uncle Aaron came in, that was kind of where I was like, oh, there's definitely something off with this one, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but the reveal of Miles as the Prowler, too was something where I was just like not ready for it. And I was like, there's yeah. no way that they're going to go in this direction. And they leave you on that, which yeah. is so cool. So what did you think about the ending of the film too? And, and leaving you on that cliffhanger and we'll, we'll go back. There's still a lot of other stuff to talk about in this film in particular, but kind of building toward the future of what they're going to do. And they've confirmed in interviews, Lord and Miller, this is the last movie that's coming out beyond the spider verse. So I, I'm, I think we're going to see a spinoff maybe with, with Gwen eventually or something like that. Mm -hmm. But in terms of miles, story, it's a trilogy. So where do you, what did you think of the ending and where do you think they can go from here? I thought the ending was, I thought it was good. I thought it was justified. I thought that they couldn't give us it. I know that they couldn't give us everything as much as we wanted it. Um, and that was like a really good in terms of like leaving it off on a cliffhanger. That was the best place I feel like they could have. Um, I genuinely didn't see that ending coming as far as we can like, talk like talk about it like completely like this yeah okay. absolutely um yeah him being prowler um i definitely didn't see that and it's funny too because now on social media i've seen like so many people have like gone back to like the first one and how many like hints there were where like the number is 42 like he would like like he was swinging at one point in the first film and he fell and the number is 42 he landed next to him he bumped into and then when him and peter first saw each other and his colors were purple and and uh green i don't know if you saw that his no i didn't yeah when peter the original peter that died in the first film when they first chris pine's other, character yes, yeah, yeah yep when they first see each other and like they do like the spider sense thing miles has purple and green around him and at first peter's like one in the world and then it changes to red and blue which means that his fate like literally changed in that moment wow but, yeah so things like that and then even the spider that you saw that yes. hit him yeah, glitching. Yeah. Like, yes. The fact that it was glitching and no one put like I didn't put two and two together that it was glitching and that if you're glitching then you're from a different universe and things like that. And so I I didn't see the ending coming at all. But I think that it's a great ending. Yeah. I do. I think in terms of the whole trilogy at this point has been like finding your fate, discovering your fate, discovering mm -hmm. your purpose. And so now for Miles to be in a position where you thought he figured it out he thought everything was going good you know like and like this is where he was supposed to be and not only for it to be that he's not supposed to be that but that he was actually supposed to be the prowler essentially in his world because mm -hmm. that was supposed to be a spider-man then spider-man then that completely just kind of like 
that theme of fate, I don't know, it just hates that now it challenges it all over again. And so I feel like the ending again was needed and moving forward, I I believe that we're gonna get a live action Miles in the third one. I do, I believe beyond the Spider-Verse, you know, will take us beyond that that element. But I also don't think this is the end of Miles Morales' story. I don't. Even beyond the third movie. Even beyond I know it's the end for these directors and producers. Uh-huh. Um but I do think that this is the start of Miles Morales's story. Comeuppance. Comeuppance. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Why well, a lot of those Easter eggs that you just talked about, I wasn't aware of, which I think is so cool, right? How they're able to, they're they're able to add these little elements that even like diehards like aren't super aware of until they do become aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just a testament to the level of detail and commitment that the whole team has in terms of the Spider-Verse team and Sony, right? Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have been giving crap to Sony for a while in terms of the way that they handled. I mean, the amazing Spider-Man movies, like, again, I love Andrew Garfield. I think he's a great uh, Spider-Man. I don't think he's great Peter Parker, but that's because he's super old. Mm -hmm. Like, but in terms of like that, a lot of people think they didn't handle that. They rushed that whole process trying to do a Sinister Six right away. And then when they did the team up with Marvel uh, Studios and Disney, they were able to create this great live action trilogy with, with Tom Holland. Um, but Spider-Verse is beyond all of that. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of, um, <coughs> again, this is, we're talking about spoilers here. <coughs> There's a couple of live action elements to this film. The one that the obvious one that stands out is Donald Glover is Prowler, which, uh, is really, is a really cool thing. Um, it was funny because I, I was in a theater, which I think was mostly kids. And I don't know if a lot of them understood. I had a freak out moment when that happened, like a verbal, like I was like, oh my God. But I don't think anybody else realized what was happening. But it was so cool. And um, I'm a huge Donald Glover fan, as I know you are. Oh, yeah. And oh, he yeah. so much inspired the Miles Morales. He, he did inspire the Miles Morales character when he was written. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only that, and there's another one that uh, a lot of people didn't, I don't think picked up on it. But when uh, Miles jumps into that other live action universe, and he has that interaction with the woman at the convenience store, the Asian woman. That's Venom. Mm-hmm. So, and he's like, this isn't freaking you out. And she's like, I've seen like crazier things here before. So again, we're connecting all these different elements. And then of course the scene with the canon event, we see the Loki tree for the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So um, like you were saying, not the end of Miles' story, you think we're going to go live action in the third film. Mm-hmm. Um, are you nervous about them to kind of dabbling everywhere with Spider-Man? Or do you think as an entity, if this team isn't behind it, there's enough that they can build off of where they won't screw it up. Um, I, I do believe that there is room for error with this sort of thing. Um, I think that at this point we've introduced now a giant world with this and like strictly spider-man and women too yeah yes and i mean like that's not even considering his villains you know and that's also i know they're actively as well trying to push a lot of his villains films and those origins to build up to something and so i mean like i do believe that it could reach that place where it's like like at this point yes every spider-man is different in their own way um but it is and this film kind of clarifies that it is the same story over and over again Mm -hmm. you know it's they all have these canon events that are the same thing basically so i mean i feel like we can get these different you know adaptations of these spider-man um and it can reach that point but i think that it's honestly more so how they're able to combine them that it it could go somewhere in and honestly uh, I do believe that there is a chance even with the villains. Like, I, like I'll give you a perfect example of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you say, I know you didn't say you didn't see Morbius, mm-hmm. um, but this is what I was bringing up earlier. Um, when um, and it's okay. Do you care if I? No, no, no. Go ahead. The, so the after credit of that film, Vulture just randomly appears from Michael, Michael Keaton's, Keaton's character. Yeah. Yes, from and Homecoming. Nobody knew why <laughs> for like the longest time. And somehow this film almost kind of because think about it that mid, that medieval vulture just showed up and then Miguel kind of clarified that because of these like multiversal things villains have just been popping up all over the place and one of those villains is vulture yes so like that kind of gives sense and he makes a direct reference to the MCU by the way he does. which is another thing we forgot to talk about but yes he talks about the kid on Earth whatever he called I forget what Earth he 
particularly references, but he is completely inferring to the point of Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange in No Way Home. Yes. So he makes a direct reference to that. But Yes. So basically, I just feel like there is room that it could become a lot. Um, I think that we're almost at that place with Marvel. Granted, that's a lot more, and this is one specific character. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think that right now where they're at, they're on track for it to to go go well you know as long as they just don't don't milk it yes part of me is interested if they decide to go in a direction like especially going off the point you were making if they decide to go not like a half live action thing or anything in the next movie but like if we end up with a post credit scene or something in the last film and beyond the spider-verse where uh miles is then in live action because he's a very important cog in the story of secret wars so i'm interested if they're going like how are they going to handle that because and again marvel doesn't they're they're not like marvel studios doesn't adapt like comics they don't take a direct uh comic storyline and make it exactly what it is like civil war is a perfect example of that right Mm -hmm. like that's not exactly the story as the comic Mm -hmm. but i'm interested because again if miles isn't serving that purpose then are you going to do peter and then if you are are you going to have tom holland's character meet a live action miles and that's what it's interesting right yeah, that's what I do think is going to happen ultimately. I think that these films were more used more honestly as just establishing Miles Morales as a character. Just because he was created like 2012, 20. Yes, like it's, in, he's a very recent character. Yeah, yeah, so there's so many people who didn't even know he existed. So I feel like now with these films, if they decided to stop at Beyond and end it there, then like if they just had Miles randomly come up in Tom Holland's universe, you know what I'm saying? Then at least people know who he is, so they can get away with something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's possible. So I wanted to ask you because I know you're a big animation fan too. Well, let's start with the first general question, and then we can build off of it. Do you think this this is the best animated film you've ever seen? Yes, I do. Okay what what would make that what makes the case of that for you? What it like. I know it's hard to wrap it up in just one thing, mm-hmm. but like maybe a couple things in particular that give you such a strong feeling that this is the best animated movie you've ever seen. Yeah, so I think the visual element for sure is, you know, one of the most important things with animation, you know. Um and it, you know, there's so many different styles of animation. Um and most animated films that I've seen stick to that one style. And so, again, you know, when I saw the first one, that's why I was so drawn to the first one with its visuals and everything that they had done. Um, But again, this one kind of just takes every single version of animation I could think of. And they plus new versions, plus new. They did honestly create their own things. And so I feel like just simply because of how revolutionary it is, I feel like it's it, it 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 almost has to be one of like the best animation just because i've never seen anything like it to be honest and so i'm just so, so at all and in, in all i mean of of just everything that i saw in that screen that it's just i've never seen anything like it you know it was just so beautiful that it was honestly the best piece of animation i've ever seen yeah um but then again the story again as well i feel like um like you said before a lot of people animation is such a slept on genre as far as film um which is crazy because pixar is like a thing and Mm. those are the best some of the best films i've ever seen but but i feel like i feel like this film again um the storytelling with this film a good animated film knows how to take storytelling and because it's not like they're using you know real people it's Mm. like it's it's which is could be a good thing because it's more room for imagination Mm. um but I feel like a good animated story has that story telling element on lock. And this film had it to me. Like this was one of the best stories, honestly, I've, I've watched in a while. Yeah. I would, animated. I would, I would agree with that. I think it's one of the best told stories in a really long time mm-hmm. and coming, uh, the multiversal element of it too, is something that again, like the, the film that just won best picture last year, everything everywhere all at once, a multiversal, a very unique and individual multiversal story. Right. And the way that Marvel's been able to like uh, manipulate this multiverse saga for themselves, it's like they're using it. I don't want to say that because, again, I I love Kevin Feige and I believe in his vision. Right. Mm -hmm. But so much of it can be seen as like even No Way Home, as much as I love that film. That's a movie that the first time you see it, 
it has an effect like any unlike any other and then every time you see it afterwards it lessens because the draw is that oh we have all three live action spider-man on screen together and then after that it just kind of lessens and it lessens and it lessens not taking away from the movie but as a whole that's the movie right that's what gets people in theaters that's what makes them really love that film with this story they're able to use that um the parallel universes as a way to kind of um instead of introduce all these different versions of characters it explores what makes miles unique as a character in particular mm-hmm. right what makes his character the center of this universe the center of these films and the center of this larger multiversal plane that all these characters are on and um that's why i would argue kind of shifting from animation to comic book films i've always i've always loved the dark knight i think it's one of the greatest movies ever made mm-hmm. Heath ledger's performance is incredible still think that may be the best performance ever in a comic book movie i would argue that this is probably the best comic book film ever made um i think there's so much in it that is very direct of comic book fans of people that are fans of art people that are fans of spider-man fans that are uh just fans that love story and love this overarching storytelling no matter how it is right Mm -hmm. and they're doing that through all different mediums i mean again you see some live action elements you see 35 different animation styles you see the incredible voice work all the people that are involved to make this five-year project so incredible um so i would argue it's the best comic book film of all time for all those reasons would you echo the same sentiment or is there still something that you think could overpass or that it's not as good as no i i agree i believe that this is the best comic book movie of all time um infinity war is like right underneath here Mm. (laughs) but this for sure i think again i like it's i it's it's honestly like you like bringing up everything everywhere all at once. I like that was a film I never saw. Like I, I, I had never seen anything like that, you know, the, in terms of a multiversal event like this. And so like, once again, this was a multiversal event film that I had never, like I had never seen anything like this before, to be honest. And it was just, again, the best comic book movie. Like I, I honestly could say um, I'd seen and, it's like it's just so like there's i i can't even describe it it's just it's honestly just the best comic book movie i've seen to be honest it's it's just that good it yeah really is. i yeah. think it's a classic that yeah. like will stand the test of time and will be shown for many many years across every sort of animation school and just film in general i think it's mm-hmm. i think it's a masterpiece like you said you said it yourself let me ask you this now um in terms of the character spider-man just mm-hmm. because we always, I know all of us grew up with Peter Parker. You know, mm-hmm. Miles is such a new character and everything like this. What do you think in terms of the contrast in those characters alone? Just because we know now Miles is such a contrastingly different character in terms of powers, in terms of just his story alone and everything mm-hmm. like that. How do you view those two now separately? Just because I'm curious, this film honestly made me view miles a little different but i want to hear what you had to say so you're saying in terms of last movie to this one or just miles in, in uh comparison to peter as a miles character doesn't care i care com- in comparison to peter yeah. okay so spider-man has always been one of my favorite comic book characters my favorite is probably daredevil mm-hmm. i've always loved daredevil but spider-man has always been like top three top five for me mm-hmm. um and i always love the comedy aspect of him and just again how playful he was with villains and things like that it wasn't until Into the Spider-Verse where I viewed Miles as this different version of Spider-Man that I could appreciate and I could kind of level with because of so many of the interests that he had in terms of music and things like that. And again, like I'm a huge Donald Glover fan. This character was modeled after Glover as, an, as a person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So um, I relate a lot more to Miles and I feel like a lot closer to the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man than Peter Parker. Um, and I think this movie solidified it. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, it you're able to grow with this character in such a way where, again, and maybe it's because like my first interaction with Spider-Man was like seeing Tobey Maguire as like an almost 30 year old Spider-Man. Yeah. And he does a great job in the role. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like and Shameek Moore is 28. And I think so. I guess he would have been 23 when he did the first movie playing a 14 year old. Mm-hmm. But there's that re- like his talk about underrated man like slept on like his voice work in this is so good, really good 
And it's so distinct. Mm -hmm. And Haley Steinfeld, I mean, everybody involved, I don't think there's a bad voice role throughout either one of these films. Mm -hmm. But um, to me, like Miles, it's hard because Peter Parker's been around for so long. Yeah. He's he's he has more history to his character as we talked about. Like Miles is only celebrating his I don't know eleventh birthday, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. But um, I would consider Miles as like the standard now for Spider Man. Yes. Um, yes. I would, especially because of the way that the story is being handled. Um, mm -hmm. that's why again I'm nervous for live action. Right. I don't yeah. want them to screw it up. Mm -hmm. I think it has to be. It's a it's a very important casting process, similar to like what's going on right now with DC and Superman. Like you have to pick the right person. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be my answer to that question. I I would view Miles as the, as the golden standard for Spider Man currently. Yeah. Would you you would you would agree with that? One hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah, I do. I I feel like he just is so unique, you know, in terms of that character. Um, and I feel like this film showed us that there are so many Peter Parkers, but there's no not that there's only one miles morales but there's only one spider-man miles morales at this point and how unique of just him as spider-man is and you know down to his powers um which are so cool so like, yeah they're really cool he's very distinct yeah so i um i i definitely would consider him that standard now at this point he's he's spider-man to me for sure yeah mm -hmm. so wrapping up final thoughts we've been talking for a while mm -hmm. Give me, give me your last final thoughts on this incredible movie. Oh man, I don't think I'll ever actually have final thoughts on this film, just because I'll always just keep, keep building up, about it. keep watching the movie, and keep having more thoughts. Always, always. But I can say um, that you know, you know, thank you to everybody that was involved in this film because um, I feel like we were truly blessed with this film. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that this 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 film medium and just art has this um at this point now because i do strongly believe that moving forward it will change the game for for a lot of creatives and um i think that this definitely has shown a lot of people not to to limit yourself with a lot of certain things they 35 different animation styles was that's what it? i heard like that's insane and like at times like there were like numerous of those styles all in one frame. Like that's like, like things like that. And like, there are people I feel like that would never think to do something like that because it's so much, it could be so chaotic. And I feel like this, this film, it down to that theme of just like, don't, you know, don't hold yourself back and throw all of it and all that you want into it and everything like that. Um, which also could be, you know, related to the story, Miles's character, throw yourself into it, things like that, your fate, you know, things, even if it doesn't seem like you're aligned for it. I don't know. This this film, I think, is truly a special thing for, for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that um, my final thoughts would have to do with the fact that individuality and identity is such an important aspect of Miles's character in this franchise. Yeah. And I think that... Um, if they continue on that path, they're going to tell one of the greatest cinematic stories ever in terms of character. I agree. So continue on that trajectory, Sony. Yes. Keep doing your thing. Yes. Miles, we love you. Yes, we do. Sony, we appreciate you. Yes, we do. Spider-Man, you're awesome. You are. Um, and I think that's going to do it here for the third episode of the Cinema Wave podcast. We covered a lot here talking about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Just to sign off, I am Darian Scalamoni. I am Michael Peniston. And we'll see you guys later.